Welcome to another episode of Deal Talk. I'm Deal. Let's talk. Uh, I would like to present my guest of the evening. Uh, he's a talented, talented entrepreneur. Give a warm welcome to Khalid Muhammad. Welcome to the show, brother. How are you doing? I appreciate that, Dio. Thank you for having me this evening. Uh, oh, it's, it's an uh, honor. It's an honor. Nah, man. The honor is all mine. This is the, the first kind of bit of exposure on a podcast slash show that Hazar oh, has had thus far. Awesome. So, thank you. Thank point, you. No, look, and at this point in the, in the, in the, the startup journey that we're at, uh, every little bit helps, you know? Facts. So I, I want to thank you. I want to thank um, you for having I'm me. I'm honored. You, you, you extended the invitation. Well, yeah, man, I've seen uh, what you've been doing on your IG page. And then later on, um, I found your, your uh, business page, mm-hmm. which uh, we're about to start uh, talking about your project now, which I thought was yes, very sir. cool and yet so simple. Nobody has thought about that. Appreciate that. that. Um, Yeah, man. So I'll jump into it if you want. Yeah, tell me, tell me. I mean, uh, it's been a while. Been waiting. Yeah, man. So the the project that Dio was just talking about for everyone that's watching is a glasses case battery bank. So a lot of people have probably seen the collapsible glasses case form factor. And all that we did at Nazar is we just added in a, uh, a battery bank on the bottom there to charge your phone. And the way that the uh, the idea actually came about was, man, back in 2017, I was, so I'm an engineer by trade, right? That's what I went to school for. That's nice, my day nice. job. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. And uh, so back in 2017, on, on Good Friday, I'm riding my bike and I wake up on the side of the sidewalk. And uh, people right, like, you don't wake move. up. Yeah. People are like, don't move. I got hit by a car. Oh, damn. I'm sorry. Okay. To hear that. No, I got hit by a car twice in my life, actually. So, twice? Yeah, man. Yeah, Bro, man. God, you gotta, God is looking out. Yeah, looking you guys. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad you're here now. Okay, so continue. It. And so I was working at uh, the company in New York City that put Wi-Fi in the subway for mm-hmm. all you New Yorkers out there. Uh, I was a project engineer on that job. And so I got hit by a car and I told them, look, I need to take uh, you know a little bit of time off. And they were like, listen, we want you to come back to work. Uh, and I was like, really? Like, I need some time, you know? I, was, I literally was hit by a car. And they were like, wow. yeah, but you burned up your sick days. You burned up your vacation days. Uh, come back. And so mm. reluctantly, yeah, man, look, this, that's the grind. But reluctantly, I get back to the office. And I'm sitting there pissed off, man. And it was kind of because at that time uh, at the company, we didn't have much projects that were going on. So we were kind of sitting around not doing much anyway. And so I'm sitting there, I'm pissed off. And it was like, it was a moment for me where it was like, you know what? I got to figure out what the hell I'm doing with my life. Because um, you're an immigrant, right? Me? Yeah. Are you uh, no, I, uh, I, I was born here, uh, okay. but I was raised in Puerto Rico. In an immigrant Georgia. family. Okay. Well, okay. it's I, I have... I was installed with the values of the immigrant mentality. You got, you got the immigrant energy. I could feel it on you, you know? <laughs> and so I, I grew up as an immigrant too. I, I was actually born in Egypt, um, okay. Alexandria, but I came here when I was three months old. So for a lot of people, they're like, look, for all intents and purposes, you're an American, but I grew up with that immigrant mentality as well, you know? And for me, like the North star, more or less mm-hmm. my entire life was, you got to build a company. You got to build a business of your own. You got to have something that you own. And I think for a lot of people, that's the modern uh, take on the American dream, you know? And so I always wanted to build a company of my own, but 
when I was in high school, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And all Facts. my friends are going to, co- all my friends are going to college and I'm feeling freaked out. You know, I'm like, I'm not going to be the one that doesn't go to college. And so I went to engineering school and I was miserable the whole time I was in engineering school. I, um, I got a degree in civil engineering and the whole time I was there, I hated it because the education is not that practical. They're not kind of telling you why you're learning what you're learning. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, they just kind of skate the system. Like they take their tests, they get their degree. And I'm telling you right it. now, they have no idea what they're doing. Like engineering is not what it used to be. I'm telling you that firsthand as, as an engineer, you know, with their degree, who's been working in the industry for six years. So I, I hated it, but I went through it because I was scared to drop out. Cause look, let's say, let's say you're, you're 18 or 19 years old, right? Mm-hmm. You're an immigrant and I used to work retail in Manhattan. Okay. And people, if they ask you what you're doing, right. Does it sound better to say I'm working retail or does it sound better to say I'm going to NYU Polytech to study civil engineering, you know? And so I I was always scared to, to kind of let go of that. And so I got my engineering degree, uh, begrudgingly, but I finished it up. Um, and then I got to work. After I, I graduated, I, I traveled for a little bit, which the whole time, you know, I was doing the, the, the kind of like predetermined path of graduate high school, go to college, get a job. The whole time I had like these little like micro rebellions, if you will. Mm. So I, It was dri- driving you crazy. It was driving me crazy. So I needed to find like little ways to kind of like still do it my own way. So I, I, I didn't go to work right after college, but we can we can circle back to that. But after I, after college, eventually I get this job and I hate this job, right? Like, it's not what I want. Like from the beginning, we established what I wanted from the beginning was to start a company of my own. But what do I do, right? Like when I'm, when I'm graduating high school, if you were to ask me what I really want, I would tell you to start a company of my own, but I went to college and the whole time I'm in college, what I really wanted to do was to start a company of my own. But what did I do when I was in college? I focused on my studies. And then when I graduated college, if you would have asked me what I really wanted to do, I would have told you, I want to start a company. But what did I do? I went and got a 40 hour a week job. And so when I got hit by the car and they told me to come back because I was so burned mm-hmm. about it, it was in my mind, I kind of had this moment where I realized I was like, you keep on saying you want to start a company, but rather than going in the direction of making that happen, you keep on going in the direction you know that everyone else is going. You keep on going in that direction where you're maintaining that degree of status, you know? And so if you're going in, like, you know, you know that saying, play stupid games, win mm-hmm. stupid prizes. Mm-hmm. Look, if you play the status game, you're going to win status. But is status really what you want? That's not what I really wanted, mm-hmm. but I was scared to let go of it. And so at that moment, you know, when I'm sitting in the office, they asked me to come back after I got hit by a car. I'm like, listen, I'm, I'm going to, the same way that I've been investing in status, I'm going to start investing in the direction of building a company of my own. And so before that, I'd always had this idea that I had to wait for the right idea, the the, the perfect idea, you know? Mm -hmm. But in that moment, I realized, dude, you got to just do something Mm -hmm. because you got to get your reps in. Thus far, where you have, like, where you have stated thus far, like, I feel like you did the right thing because, like, and hear me out for a second, right? Not by all means. If what I've gathered so far throughout the uh, journey of my life, right, 
to to this point that I'm talking to you. Like, I feel like if you come out of college, I mean, high school, majority, unless you have parents, like most of our, most of the immigrant parents that came here to the U.S. want you to be lawyers, they want you to be uh, accountants, doctors, doctors, engineers, because those are, those are credible uh, people that society needs. They don't want, they don't want no movie star or, or, or any type of fame. They want that, that structuralized, right? Mm-hmm. But what I've gathered is like if 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 you don't know uh, what you want to do, just go into college and, and get it like start your 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 journey in uh, business administration. Mm-hmm. Because whatever you do, right, whatever shit job you do, you get that degree and that you start off with a decent amount of money, right? Okay. Two, two, um, you you know the backbone of the business a lot of people want to start differently they start the business and then as they grow they don't know how to how the, how the financial part works that's a fact that's a fact but right okay okay go on right um and they get and you know they get into these these once you reach a certain level you you get into these hassles that you never knew and were there not because uh Financial education is not out there. You have to seek it. That's true. That's very it's true. Not, it's not meant for everybody to know. Right? Uh, and then when you have that like stability, you know, and you have a, a, a reasonable amount of income, then you use those resources. And now that, that, that same dedication you had to a nine to five, when you get out mm-hmm. of five, you have to sacrifice you know, five, six hours of your time creating now something you, you believe in. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that you, look, that's, but you that's can't, where do, I... you can't do it. Like, let me finish. Mm-hmm. You can't have a dream and trying to build a dream when you have nothing, no financial aspect to build it with it. You're hundred percent right about that. And like you said, you got your nine to five job. Mm-hmm. And then after 5 p.m., you got to work on building the dream, what it is that you want to do. Mm-hmm. That's what I've been doing now for the last five years. That's how long I've been working on Nazar. Wow. What, what, like if, I, if you ask, like if an 18-year-old out of high school came up to me and asked me what I should do, I really don't think that the answer is that you should go to college. And, no, I believe and, that too. And I'll tell you why. Um, there's this, this author uh, slash investor called Nassim Talib. This guy made a lot of money back in 2008 when the recession happened mm-hmm. uh, because he, he spotted some of the, the dirty games that were kind of happening in the market. Mm-hmm. And he kind of developed this framework for looking at it. And he wrote the book, The Black Swan and Anti-Fragile, which are for a lot of people, these are like terms that, are, mm-hmm. that have entered like the, the daily lingo. But anyway, he has this example in one of his books, uh, Skin in the Game, where it's this professor of economics uh, talking to someone who plays the market and he's like, what stock do you think I should buy? And the investor tells the professor, he's like, look, you teach economics, like use those principles to buy the stocks. And the professor tells the investor, he's like, listen, man, this is real life. This is serious. You know, um, it's supposed to be a little bit of a joke, but that, the, the idea is, is uh, unless you have skin in the game, mm-hmm. unless you stand to lose something, Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not going to really take what you're doing seriously. Mm-hmm. 
right? So like when the professor is teaching his economics class, he gets to talk whatever he's talking. But when he, you know, when it comes time to go into the stock market and invest his money, now he's like, oh, you know, I'm not really so sure mm-hmm. about the, uh, the the principles that I'm teaching. And so, for, you know, the way this, this this applies back to high school students going into college is they go into college, right? And I think the big reason why high school students go into college is it's a status race, mm-hmm. you know, like even even if you look at like why their parents want them to go, the parents don't necessarily want them to go uh, for the economic reasons because you can graduate high school and then go to trade school, right? And you can have a job within six or eight months and you're making a reasonable wage. And in a year, you're on track to make a hundred, $150,000. But the parents, they don't want that. They want to hear that their son is a doctor, their, their daughter is an engineer, uh, a lawyer or something like that. And so status is really driving it. But the, the students, while they're in college, um, they're not really standing to, to gain or lose anything. So they're kind of just like slogging through their studies. What I, what I think, you know, high school kids should do when they get out of college is, uh, sorry, when they get out of high school is they should go out into the world and take a job and, and work for 40 hours a week. And that'll kind of give them an idea of why you should go to college. And it'll give them an idea of maybe what it is that they want to study. And it'll kind of give them a little bit of breathing room. And, I, and it would be it would be nice if that kind of became something that was a little bit more of the norm here in America, because like running out of high school and jumping into college, it's just I but don't really think it's no, I get 100 percent what you're saying. You're not wrong. But but if you and I, I'm not even sure there's there's like a, a statistic for this, but like if you look at every kid that. uh doesn't jump straight to like college right Mm -hmm. and and take that nine to five most likely they're never going to go back to college once they get that money once they're young they're young they're making money uh i get what you're talking about and you're probably right they're gonna lose themselves i mean look i really don't know what the statistic is but what i do know is that when i was studying when i was in college most of us went straight into college, but there was yeah. a few people and it was a lot, the number was a lot smaller than the people who went straight into college. But there was a few guys, I remember there was a guy who was named Alex. He was 27 uh, when he was graduating. And to kind of give you the frame of reference, most people graduate if they went to a four-year school at 22. Mm-hmm. So he, he did the whole college thing five years later. He was way better student. He was way better of a student. He took it much more seriously and he knew exactly why he was there. Whereas a lot of the 21 and 22 year olds, they didn't, they kind of had no frame of reference. They didn't know how it fit. Into very the world. true. Very true. Yes. And, and what I see too, is a lot of people, once they graduate out of college, they have no practical uh, experience. They have no business sense because thus far, everything that they've been doing mm-hmm. has been tied to grades and status. Whereas once you hit the real world, money is a huge consideration and money drives Mm -hmm. a lot of the decisions that are made at work. So a lot of people will graduate out of college and they'll get to work and they'll be like, well, you're not supposed to do it like this. This is not how we learned it in class. Mm -hmm. And their boss is like, yeah, but this is what we could afford to do. So shut up. (laughs) No, I get it. I get it. I mean, it's definitely a, it's definitely a a challenge. You know, it's, it's where you want to go. You know, the decision is up to you, what you want to do. You know, it's, it's, I get what you're saying because there's, there's a sense of maturity. It's a, it's definitely a sense of maturity, but I think the, 
the system, the way it's set up right now, it exerts a lot of pressure on young people. And I don't think that we're quite getting the maximum potential out of our young people. And I think, I don't know. I mean, this is, this is kind of just like my personal opinion, but it feels like everyone is kind of just trying to get by and people aren't really taking like those moonshots. I mean, you have companies out there like Tesla and SpaceX that are kind of trying to, to, to jump into the next level. But that's, but, that's, that's the culture. That's the culture. You want to, you, you, what's you the ha- culture that the, the culture trying to get by or yeah. yeah. What's, what's, what, what is the number one thing in the radio you listen to and that they're always talking about? I don't know. What is it? I listen to 10, 10 wins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I used to listen to that all the time. Yeah, man. Oh no. I used to tell, uh, 2020. Okay. Um, but the culture is, you know, you, you, you turn on the radio and you know you hear uh what used to be rap now it's just some type of pop of you know talking about bitches guns and hoes and yeah, how man, they well, used to, and that and that and people live that i mean i get i get exactly what you're saying and i think it's it's i think the culture has become very short term in its outlook and i don't really think that it's doing anyone any favors and i you know i mean we're we're relatively young right like you're in your early 30s yeah like late 20s yeah i'm i'm 29 right and i remember when we were younger the older mm-hmm. generation was always telling us like you guys need to think more long term more long term but i've been in the in the field now i i've been working since i was 15 years old mm-hmm. you know and i think the 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 consistent thing that i've seen you know since i started working is that it's very short term thinking in almost all of the businesses that I was working at. Funny enough, the one business that I worked at where I kind of felt like they had a bit of a long-term outlook was McDonald's. Mm-hmm. And that was, that was the first job I had when I was 15. But a lot of the jobs that I had, they, they just wanted to make their profits for the quarter. They wanted to make their numbers for the end of the month. And I remember I used to work retail um, at Bose and they had this thing where they had uh, bonus numbers at the end of the month to hit. And sometimes the manager would try to hit those bonus numbers. And what would happen was, is we'd hit the bonus numbers, we'd get our bonus. And then next month, people would come back and return this stuff because the salespeople were pushing it on the customers. And so we would start off the month in the negative, which would inevitably make it harder for us to make the bonus numbers at the end Mm -hmm. of the month. We'd have to scramble. We'd do the same thing. And it was like a vicious cycle. And it's, it's almost like, there's no adult in the room telling people to, to kind of take a bit of the long-term approach. And so it almost feels like, like I said, everyone is trying to get by. And it's like what I'm saying about like the, the education system mm. being flawed or the, 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 the industries being flawed and the way they're doing it, everyone is saying it, right? Mm. Like everyone agrees about it, but then in order to, to do the right things, to kind of take that long-term approach, make those hard decisions it requires a bit of a sacrifice. You got to mm-hmm. take a bit of a hit and nobody wants to take the hit. They want you to take the hit. Mm-hmm. They want the next guy to take the hit, but collectively, you know, everyone doesn't want to take the hit together. Um, how do we get on this? <laughs> I lost my train. I thought a little, Oh, the education system. Yeah. And, and so I think the education system, the way it's set up, there's a bit of like a, a short term approach to it. Like everyone is trying to get their degree. Everyone is trying to get that first job. The companies are all just trying to make whatever numbers for the quarter, but the long-term vision 
has kind of stalled, you know? I mean, if you look at like the most innovative companies in America, let's put Tesla on the side, right? Apple used to be the company to look at, but what have they done in the last 10 years that was so innovative? They've just been releasing the same phone over and over. And I get it, right? They're with better earning, updates, right? That's right. The the earnings are great. The 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 stock is doing great. The company's about to be a trillion dollar company, but what is America going to put out in order to level up, in order to increase the wealth for everybody? Because if we keep on, you know, looking short term, people are going to suffer. And like you have the economic downturn today. I would say that's a, that's a, that's a byproduct of short term thinking. And so I think if you start looking at the education system and kind of changing it, so people are not chasing status so much, it might be better in the long term. For all of us. So maybe it would be better if, if big if big companies don't require you to get a college degree to get a job. Maybe it would make more sense if you can get certifications. And a lot of the big companies are doing this, right? Google is doing it. Amazon is doing it. But the industry that I work in, construction, you're not going to have a construction company where they're going to take an engineer who doesn't have a college degree. But a lot of times you'll have contractors who don't have college degrees who know their work better than, mm-hmm. than the engineers. So that's, that's just kind of like my, my two cents. on No, the I, I, education I, uh, I agree. I agree. I, I agree 100%. You know, the problem is not they're thinking short term is more on the long, you know, along the lines that everything's going so fast. We, we, Definitely we, fast. we have everything. So mass production, mass production. So uh, we have to develop, Let's say, I don't know, let's say when a pandemic, to- for some reason, toilet paper, there was a, a shortage of toilet paper, right? I remember. So, for-, for some reason, everybody wanted to wipe their ass, right? Um, so now the factor is like, oh, shit, we got we to gotta produce, we got to produce. Um, if you look at that court- quarter of production and once it's released a lot of those paper uh paper paper toilets were damaged they had to be returned because they were going so quick they just need to put stuff out there right mm-hmm. so we're going so fast and we're losing sight of detail which is the most important part of everything absolutely um, absolutely and our, and our culture it's more important to be uh instagram famous social media famous than anything else that's facts a lot of a lot of our generation uh our younger generation are kids raising kids we're 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 so in depth and it starts with the music right because you know booty and all that let's keep it real uh raise kids uh to have kids so nobody no, no nobody has gotten to a certain level of maturity yet I mean, I'll tell you what, I mean, I'm, I'm 29. Um, I'm starting to see that with a lot of my friends, it seems like around the age of like 27 and 28, mm-hmm. it's either they start taking off in their lives mm-hmm. or people are crashing badly. And like the bad decisions they made between the ages of 18 mm-hmm. and 26, they catch up with them mm-hmm. at around the age of 27 and 28. And it's painful to see a lot of the time, but for a lot of the people Sometimes that rock bottom mm-hmm. is what kind of wakes a lot of people up and, and kind of is the signal for them to get right and, and to kind of start looking at things mm-hmm. from a different perspective. But it's, it's funny that you say that 
uh, a lot of it starts with the music because I'm, I'm a Muslim, mm-hmm. right? And uh, when I was growing up, they always told us that music was forbidden, you know, that you shouldn't listen to music. And I never really understood that. But the older I get, the more you kind of see how music is this force where like you listen to music or if you're watching a movie and there's mm-hmm. no music in the movie, uh, the movie, the movie loses a lot of its like um, effect. It's like, yeah, I get like boring. You know what I mean? But no, but like what music will like, it hypes you up mm-hmm. or it creates an emotion or it creates a vibe. It kind of like changes mm-hmm, the energy mm-hmm. that you're in. And so like, uh, I'm not going to lie, right? I listen to music. I enjoy it. But as I've gotten older, my ears have gotten like real sensitive where if I'm listening to music, I want there to be a message. I want it to be substantial. Like I find myself listening to a lot more Nas. Yeah, well, well, that's growth. That's growth. That's very important because you don't uh, you don't want to be a fifty year old man. Well, you know, listening to pop, right? Yeah, you know. But that's you know, I, I think it was Hitler, right? Hitler says something about that. If you, I can't remember the exact words. If you, if you're able to brainwash the youth, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. Yet have no experience, Mm -hmm. have no no done really anything in life are you able to brainwash destroy the country right yeah i think i actually think that 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 quote was by um a muslim ruler in the ottoman empire where i think the quote was if you can have uh the youth of a nation uh be naked and always be concerned with sex then you've effectively destroyed that nation without war boom yeah man i mean that wasn't exactly detailed the one i heard but same concept it's similar yeah yeah, yeah similar, but no it's 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 that you can't like you you're, you're you as an individual you can't put yourself uh in a, especially your your mentality you can't put yourself as a regular person that grew up here in america mm-hmm. you cannot for you know essentially in my opinion essentially the american dream is the immigrant who came and conquered and built something for himself Absolutely, man. That, Absolutely. That, and that's that's the goal. That, that, you know, that if you look at way, way history, mm-hmm. the people who made who, who made things happen, they were immigrants. It wasn't it wasn't that the Spaniards or whatever the fuck they were came and discovered. There was already people here. Mm-hmm. You know what that's I'm true. saying? So yeah, essentially we're what makes America great is the immigrants. That's an absolute fact. Carnegie was an immigrant. Napoleon was an immigrant. You know, a lot of the greatest people in history were immigrants. I mean, the the CEOs of a lot of the big tech companies out in California, I think Google uh, is an Indian immigrant. Uh, PepsiCo was an Indian woman. Uh, Microsoft was an Indian. So if you if you look shout, at shout yeah, out to the if Indians, you look at um, if you watch the movie, I think there's a Ford versus Ferrari. Ford is an okay. American car, right? Mm-hmm. But if you look at that movie and if it goes detailed to history, who made Ford uh, a great vehicle to ride, right, mm-hmm. was a British man. I think he was British. I apologize okay. if I'm watching that. He, he's the one who, who in that race for, versus Ferrari, mm-hmm. succeeded and made Ford great. I know. Oh, I, 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 the, guy, the, the guy that Christian Bale played. Exactly. I think he was Welsh, but I could be wrong. Yeah, or maybe well, maybe maybe the actor as well. I don't know. Let me. But he was an immigrant. Out. He was an immigrant. Yeah. Well, look, the immigrants when they come here, they they start off with I think uh, a degree of insecurity, 
and so they want to make something of themselves you know and it's that's 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 where it goes back to that's why the american dream is alive and so well within immigrant communities you speak to a lot of people today and they'll say things like the immigrant dream uh, the american dream is dead and it's like all right look that's nice for you to say right you can sit around and you can be cynical but my father was an engineer back in egypt and he came here and he started off from nothing and so all right look the american dream is dead for you but i need to make something in this country by any means the american dream is only dead for the people who live here. who say it is because what i've seen so far is that like i've seen certain latinos that their their parents who are the immigrants come move here and mm-hmm. then their their children are raised as americans and you look at the, the evolution of their their people there is like their their roots are fading away well, look, you're you're 100% right about that. And I see that a lot in the Muslim community, in the Egyptian community. But it's hard to, to hold on to your culture here in America because, look, everybody knows the story, right? You go to school, you have your ethnic food that you bought from home, and everybody makes fun of you. That, 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 that drive or that, that motivation to fit in is a very strong, you know, driving force in a lot of young people. And you know, for a lot of people to hold on to their culture and maintain their identity, maintain their roots, it means kind of standing out. And for a lot of people, that's brutal. You know, mm-hmm. like when you're when you're young, like when you're a kid, you don't want to hear about no standing out. You want to fit in. You want to be like everybody else that's around you. To, to yeah, stand you want to be the... you want to be normal. Exactly, exactly. But the older you get, you realize like I'm. I'm so glad I'm not like everybody else, you know, like that's the thing that differentiates me and sets me apart from the crowd. And that might be like, uh, if you think about it in evolutionary terms, mm-hmm. that might be the the mutation that I have that ensures that I succeed, you know, mm-hmm. and I evolve into that next level. Yeah. And that's why you're here and, and you developed this awesome project. <sighs> I appreciate you saying that deal. I mean, I don't, <laughs> I don't. I don't want to take no compliments until we've we've built this thing into I a multi-million I, dollar company. I, but I was like, I looked at it, and I know through the past months we've been texting, and you you show me videos, and like that was so simple, putting those two two those two items together, and so I, I'll I've never seen happened. it before. Right? I've never seen it. Doesn't it. exist. It doesn't exist. Although the Chinese have already copied me. Oh man, but they've. But but I, but I'll tell what, you what haven't they have copied already? You know what? The fact that the Chinese have copied me is just proof that I'm onto something. You know, and mm. I, and, I, and the fact that I have enemies, you know, <laughs> is, a, is, a, is an indicator that I'm worth fighting. So your enemies flatter you. You know, don't 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 wish to not have enemies. You know, the fact that you got enemies means you're relevant. Boom. <laughs> there you go. But I. I you know, so back, back to the, you know, back in the office, I'm pissed off. I have this realization that I've always wanted to build a company and that I haven't been doing it. And so I'm like, look, I'm going to, I'm going to build something. I'm, I'm the same way that I've been investing into getting a college degree and, and having a, a job as a, as a white collar professional, whatever, I'm going to start investing in that direction of building something. And so uh, in, in the past, I tried to start two different companies. When I was in college, I tried to start a website called TickerVote, where it was like this website where you can go in there, add any topic, and people will vote up or down. And so I, I built the website, I got it out there, and then I, I saw no traction, and it fell apart. 
uh, right when I graduated out of college, I tried again to start a company. And I started this company with a friend called Park Here, where it was like Airbnb for parking spots. Uh, and so we, again, we built a website, we printed out some flyers, we even had people call us up. And they gave us their driveways to rent out, but it didn't gain traction. And God, I let it die. If you only, for those two ideas, if you only gave a little Stuck bit more with time. It. Exactly, exactly. And so what happened in 2017 was I had that like moment of self-awareness where I looked at it and I was like, you don't stick with nothing. You like the beginning of things. You like to have the idea. You like to talk about it with people. You have good ideas and everyone's like, wow, that's a great idea. And you get a little bit of high off of that. And then you don't do nothing. You're a bum, you know? So in that moment, it was like, you're going you're gonna to come up with an idea and then you're going to stick with it. And then you're going to stick with it. And then you're going to stick with it. Mm. And five years later, here we are. And so I, I actually want to, if you don't mind, I want to share my screen and I kind of want to show you some of the development uh, of the yeah. case, if that's okay with yeah, you. Yeah, go ahead. All right. So this, if you could see it over here, mm-hmm. this was back in 2017, right? Prototype. This was a prototype that I put together using craft store materials. And I just wanted to kind of see it. I wanted to look at it. Um, and so a couple of months later in February of 2018, the company that I used to work at was out in the garment district. And during lunchtime, I would walk around, I would try to find someone who could help me. And I went to someone who does handbags and I 3d printed this little battery, uh, case, sorry, that it's moving around so badly. It was, uh, I 3d printed this little battery case down here and I had a handbag maker make the glasses case. So this is clunky as hell. It's ugly but it was like an evolution in the way. And then a couple of months later, I found a company that does uh, leather bound books. And I was like, maybe it would be better if it was uh, someone like that. And so this was a prototype from 2019. Okay. And then I found a craftsman. Uh, I actually found someone out in Wisconsin okay. and I sent them all the materials and he looked at it and he was like, this is not going to work. But then he referred me to a, a master craftsman who's actually in Manhattan, who's worked with brands like Coach, Toomey, Herman Miller, Alexander Wang, Oscar De La Renta, Pierce Allen. I mean, this guy has been doing it for 50 years and that's the guy who finally built uh, the, the final product that we have. And so, so I'm, I'm sure it, it was a, uh, a hefty investment my man this is <laughs> this, this is where that nine to five job came in handy and i Boom. had to and there I, you go and I, and I had to constantly using a wife yeah man yeah man so this is this was a prototype from 2020 and today what you see on our website i'll stop sharing my screen what you see on our website or what i'm holding up here this is the final product you know and so we went, we went with something real nice. You know, it's a calfskin leather. The inside is Japanese ultra suede, which is a synthetic liner. That's like, it's more durable than suede. It's easier to clean. It lasts longer. And we partnered up with a engineering company out in Canada to take care of the battery bank. Uh, when we, when I originally actually started doing this, you know, for the last five years, I really struggled uh, with, with, this was a project that really stretched me, man. I mean, I have a degree in civil engineering and construction. This is, jump- it's the first one. The second one is going to be easy. Yeah, man, hopefully. But, you know, from, from the inception of this idea to getting where I am, I mean, you can see, right? I started off with people who were doing handbags. I went to someone who was doing book binding. 
when you're when you're when you're trying to start a company, when you're trying to when you're trying to build an idea, sometimes you're starting off from a place of such ignorance that in order for you to take any step, you're stumbling blindly, and you got to just try anything. Like there's no, like the so many times I had the impulse inside me to be like, where am I supposed to go to do something like this? But when you're going where nobody has gone before. Mm-hmm. And I know that sounds kind of cheesy because it's like, this is just a consumer product. But when you're doing something that someone hasn't done before, you can't look to anyone to figure out where it no, is that you have to go. What, what makes it beautiful, and I, and I speak only through experience, right? the beautiful part, you start asking yourself the right questions. Because a lot of people just say, I can't, I can't, I can't. Yeah, man. Well, it was, it was, it was the fact that I talked so much crap, you know, with those first two companies that I tried to start and then I got nowhere. It got to a point where in order for me to kind of respect myself and kind of consider myself who I consider myself to be, it was like, all right, look, you really gotta, you gotta burn, you know, you gotta put some skin in the game. You gotta put your money where your mouth is. You gotta invest your time. And so the, the beauty of this project has not only been getting to the point where it's a viable company, where we're now trying to raise money and bring it to the public, but it's the self-development aspect that you're constantly going through. You know, it's forced me to kind of discipline myself. It's forced me to, to get better with my money. It's forced me to be consistent. It's forced me to pick up a lot of skills. I mean, my man, when you're working a nine to five job and you're funding everything out of your pocket, uh, not only do you kind of have to figure out where to go to get things built, but a lot of times you can't afford to outsource it and hire yes, somebody. Yes. So I, I had to learn how to do professional photography. I had to learn how to write a provisional patent. I had to learn how to reach out to companies and get quotes. Oh, man. I had to learn how to make videos. I had to learn how to make ads on Facebook. Uh, and, and the whole time, it's not like college. It's not like you're learning in a, in a safe environment. Anytime I would go out and speak to someone, the 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 guy that we were paying to to do the design on these hundred and fifty dollar an hour rate, I put thousands of my own dollars into this with no guarantee whatsoever of it succeeding. But the beauty of it is, is that you know, so many times in the corporate world, people have these titles and they have these jobs, but they, they don't, don't know really what the fuck they were doing. Exactly, but um, if you've done everything that the company does more or less, like if you've been in all of the roles, like if you've done the marketing, if you've done the sales, if you've done the design, if you've done the photography, anytime you hire someone, you know exactly what goes into it because you've done it. And so you're kind of suffering because you're starting off Mm -hmm. on the ground floor. But when you start off on the ground floor, it gives you a super solid foundation for what it is that you're building. And so for me, that kind of, it makes me feel like, the investment has already paid itself back because no matter what happens with Nazar, that's, that's the name of the company, by the way, no matter what happens with Nazar, I've now given myself a set of skills that can go anywhere, you know, yes. and they've helped me and they've helped me in my day job as well. I, listen, I, everything you have just said has just like, brought me glimpse back to myself when I first started my printing uh, printing business like I'm mm-hmm. a graphic designer believe it or not okay uh, I don't design for everybody because I, I just like that detail mm-hmm. but I, I I'm you know from printing to to 
machinery. I do everything myself. What's the name of your business? Uh, the printing business, Dad Custom Tees. Okay, copy, copy. You make t-shirts? Uh, uh, yeah. Okay, we'll have to keep you in mind. Yeah, um, give me a great price. Um, but just everything with the podcast, right? Editing. Nobody told me how to edit it. Producing. Nobody. Lighting. Right. Mm-hmm. Reaching out. Reaching out to um, people like yourself to come on the show. You're doing it all yourself. And I, I'll tell you what. Um, have you heard of a company called Airbnb? Yeah. Have you heard of a company called Coinbase? I think so. That's the that's the company where the it's the exchange where people buy crypto. Yeah. Uh, have you heard of a company called Webflow? It's a website designer. No. Anyway, all some of the biggest companies that are in America today got their start through this business incubator uh, called Y Combinator. Uh, the founder of Y Combinator is this guy called Paul Graham. And aside from helping a lot of these businesses get built, Paul Graham, uh, I think he built the first online shopping website that he sold to Yahoo. Mm-hmm. I think for a billion dollars. And so he's a bit of a legend out in Silicon Valley. Uh, Paul Graham, aside from, from working with these companies in the business incubator, he writes essays. And in one of the essays, he writes about how in, in the history of America, there was entrepreneurs that people looked at and they called them dirty mechanics. And this was entrepreneurs like Carnegie and Ford. And the reason people looked at them like that was because they got their start starting off on the ground floor of the company. And there were, there were people in society who had a degree of status. You can consider them like the white collar workers. And they looked at a business owner starting their own business and playing around with cars as a little bit beneath them. Mm-hmm. But because they had that kind of outlook, they missed out on that kind of growth that the Henry Fords of the world were able to have. And I, and I think it's kind of funny that that was happening in the 1920s and the 1930s in America, but you see something very similar to that today. A lot of people, I'm going to take it back to what I was talking about with the education system. They go to college, they want these jobs that give them a degree of status, and they look at the endeavor, like the one that you're taking on, where you're building your own business, you're doing everything yourself. It's like, that's beneath me. Like, why would I do a t-shirt business like this guy is doing? And, you know not make that much money in the first couple of years versus I'll go work at a corporate company and I'll get paid 60, 70, 80, maybe even a hundred thousand dollars. But you look at a person who's in that corporate job and they're like an insect. They're, Mm -hmm. they're specialized to doing one or two things. But if you put them in the position that you're in and you're like, all right, do it. Mm -hmm. You're like, "I, I don't know what to do. I think it's like, you can't like with me was like, I've always had this thing in me to do something. Right. Mm-hmm. or um, very much like you um, talking out of my ass. <laughs> the difference, nobody believed in me. They still don't believe in me, but yet we're here. Okay, yet yeah, we're man. here. Right. Um, I started like looking at these jobs uh, as opportunities as what can I learn? Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, and because everything's moving so fast, what can I, I learn in this, you know, vicinity of time? Okay. Um, and you're going to learn quick because if they want you to do something they don't want to do it themselves, they're going to teach you, right? Like, That's true. Like, like you go in a building, I could strip you a floor. You, don't know, you probably won't know what that is. 
right? I strip your whole floor. Or um, I could walk in the building and I say, if you right there is dirty. And you say, where? Detail, right? Okay. Uh, I... When I when I finally got uh, an, a corporate job, mm-hmm. I started off with fifty two thousand dollars a year, right? And no, no degree. Very good, bro. Very good. And, that, and I started cleaning toilets, right? No uh, shame, fi- bro. Nah, there's no shame I in take, honest work. Nah, I take pride in that shit. You know why? Because I I do what you don't want to do. Mm-hmm. Because you don't want to do it, I'm gonna break your pocket. That's not okay. a hustle. That's just facts. So, like, uh, whatever happened, I left. Um, so, a month ago, I got offered seventy five thousand a year to go back to work. Well, congratulations! Are you New taking York. it? Nah. Hey. Nah. You walking but away I, from money? Nah. I make. I'm gonna make my own money. That's a power move. And because you're thinking like that, I hope you. Will. But it's like I saw. I believe you will. I listen, I believe in myself, but I saw this like although all that time working for nine to five and sacrificing mm-hmm. um, learning and, and, and sometimes it, they put you against the wall. They put you against the wall. If you're working at a business, the business has its interests and the business's interests are not your interests. And I'm and I'm an employee. I'm expendable. You, you're not only are you expendable, you don't own anything exactly. So, if the company makes a profit, you're not entitled to a piece of the profit. But at the same time, if the company loses, you don't have to bear that loss, you're just an employee. But you know, the the the, you know, mentality I I, I finally uh found was like, if I'm doing this for them, why can't I do this for myself? That's I had you know, I, I, I got. I got my business, uh, my printing business, which, you know, I'm not fucking making a hundred thousand, you know, a month or something like that, but it pays the bills. I don't got to worry about nobody. I got my real estate business with my wife. Uh, we're not making fucking, uh, I don't know, power moves, but my lights on, my mortgage is paid. My card's paid. You just said mortgage, man. A lot of people out here are renting. So you're an owner. Exactly. So, so I ain't, I ain't living. Uh, uh, a billion or a million out of life. You know, I'm I'm living to where my means are, right? Well, look, I would say that I would say that you're pa- you're pointing in the direction where that's always a possibility. If you're a business owner, the amount of money that you can make is not capped. Mm-hmm. Whereas, if you're a salaried employee, if you're an employee, forget about being salaried, you're only going to make as much as the market rate is going, and it's never going to make you wealthy. Yeah, but it's, it's not. It's, it, it's not that. It's not the money. It's not you know getting these these high level jobs or how much. To get. It's time. Mm-hmm. Right now, I ain't got nothing to complain about. I'm with my son. I, I get to see my wife every day. I, I get to spend time with my family. But essentially, I started working for myself, and yeah, it's stressful as fuck. Yes. But it's gonna come in time. It's not well said. Well my said. time. What, what is it that you want? What would what would be for you? Success. Success? Right now? Mm-hmm. Right now, me being successful is my son could start talking out of nowhere. Because he's nonverbal and he's five years old. Okay. You're never you're never gonna with me, you're never gonna get money because I've I've had money. I haven't had fucking Jeff Bezos money, but I've had money. 
Okay. You get what I'm saying? It's not, it's not about the money because the money's going to come. Okay. And when you're, when you're doing so good, right? When you mm-hmm. become so successful, you're not going to have to chase the money. The money's going to chase you. That's true. That's Before, what, but, but you have to do, put, but you have to do your part. That's crazy, man. So the thing that you want more than anything else is not even something that you could buy, huh? Exactly. You know, like being this pandemic put a lot of things in our perspective. You got a lot of these people with these mon- with, with money and they can't even buy themselves house. I'll tell you what, I don't have money, but I did try to buy a house this past year and I was putting offers on homes, 20 above asking, 25 above asking. And, uh, I and actually yet you're saw doing yesterday. too much. My man. Because these houses yeah. right now ain't worth it. I, I, it's definitely not. That's why I walked away from it all. But I saw that the house that I was putting an offer on sold for $100,000 above asking price. So you're definitely right. The pandemic certainly did put a lot of things in perspective. And it, it has underlined that money is not the be all end all. Yeah. You know, it's, you, have- you want to live, you want to live a good life. You want to say, fuck, I want to take a trip. You want to have financial freedom. That's the goal. Absolutely. Absolutely. I I 100% agree with you. That's the goal because like, you you know, like I I heard, I I don't know if I heard it. So I like says money is like your six uh, cents is going to help you enjoy all your other five. Right. Absolutely. So if you have, if you have money in your pocket, you can, you get to have a self-directed life. You know, if you want to take the time off to spend with your family, you could take the yeah, time off to spend well, with your you, family. Well, you look at look at you that that got hit twice by a car. I've been in that <laughs> I've been in that predicament, sir. Like not even at that far. Like how many times I had to miss Christmas or a holiday spending with my family because I was stuck working on this damn job and never appreciate me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How many unnecessary arguments I, I I I've got with my wife. Because I couldn't make it home in time. How many times I missed my son putting him to sleep? A hundred percent, man. A hundred percent. And the, the, the crazy thing is, is in order for you to break out of that, you got to work more. Exactly. You know, you got to work more. But it's, it's as you, as you kind of take that journey to build something of your own that you own, you realize like, okay, look, at these jobs, there's someone who's my boss. You have to start becoming your own boss yeah. to ensure that things pan out in the way that you want it to pan out. And so even if you have that free time that you want, you're not free of the, the commitments and the demands that life will make on you. Yeah. And, and you know, working these nine to fives, it, it, I'm always find myself being misconstrued. They, mm-hmm. they, they find... They try to put you in a box, right? They, yeah. they, they, they try to label you like he yeah. does this. Yeah. Send they, him over they, there. They, they confuse my arrogance with respect. They, 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 they confuse my uh, anger. They say what I have is passion to say is anger. Yeah. But if you're determined, I mean, you know? Well, I mean, look, I'll tell you what. What I realized is, because that's something that I had a problem with, I think, a lot in my life. And... I probably still come off in that aggressive way, but uh, but see, at least you 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 can admit that to yourself. You're aware of that, and you try by saying that you're you're, you're demonstrating that you're willing to better yourself. Not a lot of people do that. Well, look, they, you know what they say, right? They say that 
if you meet an asshole in the morning, that's an asshole. If you meet an asshole again in the afternoon, that's an asshole. But if you meet an asshole again in the evening, you're you're probably the asshole. So it, it's it's the it's it was enough times where people told me that I was being aggressive or that I was being arrogant, where it was like, all right, you know, maybe maybe I gotta tone it down in such a way. But what I also realized is when I go into these jobs. I have to stop wanting to be seen the way that I want it to be seen. Because mm-hmm. when you're at work, you're there to get a job done. Mm-hmm. And, and you're not the owner, right? Like you're not getting the upside. Like if the company makes a million dollars profit, they're not going to call you up and be like, look, we're, we're very happy. Here's a quarter million dollars because you put in all those extra hours. Mm-hmm. They're going to tell you a good job. They're going to throw you a pizza party. So I'm not <laughs> saying. I'm that's the ultimate. Uh, that's that's the, the disrespect. Ult- yeah. <laughs> But I'm not, I'm not going to tell you don't do your job mm-hmm. and, and don't get the job done. But what I am going to say is that you gotta, no one is going to scratch your itch. Mm-hmm. You know? And that's, that's been a big part of what building Nazar and creating the Glasses Case Battery Bank was for me. And so, you know, sitting there, calling myself out on my BS and the fact that I kept on talking about wanting to build something and not wanting to build something. A couple of weeks after that, um, my glasses case broke. And so I was looking online to buy a new glasses case. And at the same time, I was doing a lot of field engineering work and my phone would die. So I needed a battery bank, but I didn't want to carry around a battery bank because it's clunky, you know, it's just uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was like, you know, but if the glasses, if, if a glasses case had a battery bank in it, I have to carry a glasses case for my shades to put my, my prescription lenses in. And then to keep the shades in when I'm wearing the prescription lenses, I had to carry a glasses case anyway. I was like, if there was a battery bank that had a glasses case in it, that would, that would, I would get that. So I, I was looking online for it. I thought it was something that existed, but it wasn't out there. And for me, that was like the aha moment. It was like, all right, look, you have to make it then. Boom. It, it doesn't exist. You, you, you keep on challenging yourself to build something. And so... I mean, ups and downs, uh, like I told you, right? We, we went to people who did handbags. We went to people who, who were bookbinders. Uh, at a certain point, I found out that if you're selling a product with a battery in it, you have to get FCC approval mm. and UL approval for the battery, the, underli- the underwriter's laboratory. Like they basically test the battery and make sure that if you ship it, it doesn't explode. Uh, so that way you're covered by insurance because if you don't have UL certification. So, so you have to you have to get like a particular battery for, for this design. You have to get a battery that's UL certified, but if mm. you have a design with a circuit in it, like any anything that has a battery in a circuit, like a cell phone or a power bank or a laptop has to have UL certification. So the next time you order something on Amazon and it has a battery in it, you're probably going to see a UL sticker on right. the, the shipping box. And that basically means that that company is covered in the, in the instance that something happens with the battery, that a fire happens uh, while it's in shipping, they're covered by insurance. If you're not UL certified, you're going to be on the hook for that. And I, I had to learn that by just asking people this question. And you got to realize that when you call up an engineer, a designer, and you're like, okay, I want to create a battery bank. And they're just like, well, what about FCC certification? And you're like, I have no idea what that is. You know how stupid, <laughs> you know how stupid you look and like, it hurts because you, you you're like I'm not stupid, but I don't know what I'm doing. But like, uh, there's this saying that I really love, where it's like the fool is the precursor to the savior. Like if you're not willing to look dumb 
you're never going to get good. You're never going to be, you're never going to get to where you want to get to. And that, you know, we see that in jujitsu mm-hmm. a lot of times, right? Like if you're not willing to stumble through a move, five, 10, 15, 20, however many times, you're never going to be able to hit it effortlessly. And so calling engineers up and discussing it with them, that's kind of how I built up the knowledge about it. And I understood it. But when I found out that I had to get FCC approved and UL approved, that was a lot of money. And that freaked me out. And so before we decided to do a glasses case battery bank, that was originally what I wanted to do. I backtracked there for a moment. And I decided I was going to do a glasses case external SSD, like in a hard drive. And so I actually launched with that idea first last August for three months. I was putting up ads like the ones that you're seeing now. Uh, I actually have a version of it over here. You could see there's only one port because it was mm. just because this I didn't need to get this. FCC or UL approved because there was no battery in it. But pretty soon I saw that people didn't want an external hard drive glasses case. And I was like, look, uh, what I wanted to do originally was a battery bank. There's no, there's nothing for me to be gained by pushing this idea that I don't even fully believe in, even though it's easier. And on top of that, people are not even buying in to the idea. And so I shut everything down. We went back to the drawing board and I figured out how to make it possible. And that's when I reached out to the engineering company that I was working with. And what was really cool is that they're based in Canada. They do all of their manufacturing in Canada. And that kind of pushed me to try to bring the manufacturing of the rest of the case here to the United States. And so that was a decision that we made this year was that everything that we're going to be doing to to bring the glasses case battery bank to life was going to be done right here in the United States and Canada. And that was, that was something that I was real proud of because a company like us, normally they would go to China, but in the last couple of years, the pandemic, the supply chain issues, the economic downturn, you kind of start realizing like things are not going to get better unless we do something about it, you know? And so we're getting to a point in our lives where now we're the adults in the room. And so I believe that if we bring back manufacturing jobs to the United States, it will be better off overall for all of us. Uh, It's going to strengthen the economy. It's going to reduce our our reliance on outside countries like China. And on top of that, you, you look at some of the things that are happening in China, like the extermination of the Uyghur Muslims. Uh, for me, someone who's a Muslim looking at that, it's like, well, look, I I don't want to feed into that. Mm -hmm. Inevitably, you're going to be feeding into something you don't believe in. Like if you're a pacifist and you live in the United States, guess what? Your tax dollars are going to the United States military, but you could, you could try as much as you can to to create the world that you want to see. And so being able to bring manufacturing to the United States meant that I was not going to a country where I disagreed with things that they were doing, you know, the oppression, what they're doing in Hong Kong. And on top of that, it means being able to, to do something that will help the United States. You know? So essentially it's an American-based business. It's totally American-based. I mean, we're, we're based in New York City. Uh, the manufacturing for the leather portions is going to happen in Wisconsin. And for the battery bank, it's going to be happening in Canada. And so, you know, look, you, you see what Musk is doing with Tesla. They're building a factory out in Texas. Intel is going to be building a factory in the United States as well. It looks like the shift is happening where manufacturing is coming back to the United States. And look, 
uh, you and I are young men, you know, and even though things may look a little bit rough right now here in the United States, if things are going to get better, it's going to be up to people just like you and me. And so that's something that I'm proud of. And I hope that our, our customer base, it resonates with them as well, that by supporting us, they're supporting American industry and they're helping create American jobs. You know, that, that's the function of the entrepreneur. The entrepreneur takes that risk. They invest their money into bringing an idea to life. They, they, they work, they make it happen. And then the consumers, they come in, they buy from the entrepreneur. And now the entrepreneur is able to give people jobs. And so it's, uh, you know, capitalism is a system that gets knocked a lot nowadays. Not looking to get into the whole argument, but I do feel like there's a way that we can do it in a way that's ethical and kind of like, everyone can eat. I feel, <laughs> this is me, right? Go ahead, man. Go ahead. I, I feel like people that complain about capitalism have money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. More often than not, because like if you're broke, if, if you broke, hey, <laughs> you don't have time to complain. You got to yeah. get to work. Yeah. You know, and and look, a lot of people they're going to look at what I'm saying. They're going to be like, that's anecdotal. But I, I grew up very poor. You understand? Like my father was the only person working. Uh, he worked blue collar jobs his entire life, even though he was an engineer, but because he, he came here as an immigrant, he had to work as a mechanic supporting a family of six people. So we didn't have money growing up. But if I truly believe that if you, you, you keep your mind right, you focus on the end goal and you work hard, you could still get ahead in the United States. And so by any you, means you necessary, can, you, man, you can, you can, it's a hundred percent. You can't, oh, man, <laughs> they're going to screws. They're going to fucking, um, they're going to block me again on YouTube. You can, Why? you can. Why you the, they blocked you before? Yeah. Why'd they block you? <sighs> I go, go on Spotify and watch episode 70. Okay. I'll check it With out. Jacob Kanani. Okay. Okay. You, right. can't, you uh, can't get into it? You don't want to get blocked again? No, I just, I'd rather just uh, send you to watch it. This is not, this is not his time. It's your time. Okay. Okay. I'll take um, it. But people that complain are the people who live here in America. Those are the ones complaining. They're, they're Americans. I mean, look, I think a lot of people, they feel guilty because things have gotten tough for a lot of people. But things but, always been tough. It's it's what do you? It's a hundred percent. It's what you have you, always been tough. Listen, it's what you tell it's what yourself. You yourself. It's what you tell yourself in the morning. Why you need to get up? This it's, is true. It's like people like to so you're crazy. You need therapy. Okay, I'm crazy, but who's not? Right? What are you? <laughs> uh, what What are you? Uh, 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 like, what are you uh, obsessed with? Right. You had this obsession of creating this 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 company. Right. You became so obsessed that you you, you created your own prototype. Brian Procell was so obsessed with jujitsu. He worked his ass off. Uh, he pushed for blocks, blue uh, matches, mats until he was finding to get his to own build player. his gym. Yeah, man. Exactly. Right. Um, Stephen Alsaldi, uh, the first person I ever did. Uh, the podcast was like he built his power wash company from the ground up in Florida. Now he's like power washing. He has a council like Hulk Hogan, right? Very nice. Very nice. Like, who else? Uh, uh, 
uh, Pito Finesse, who's a barber in Puerto Rico, and now he's one of these infamous barber in New York, dominating in Puerto Rico, came over here, wasn't accepted, and now he's doing it on his own. You have to become obsessed. It's what you tell yourself in the morning, why do you want to get up? You could be lazy. You could do shit. You can, you can let your emotions uh, divert your day and dictate what do you want to do. And at some point, you got to ignore that and, and, and stand the fuck up and do something. Look, I, I 100% agree with you. I, at the end of the day, I think that, look, life is painful. You know what I mean? Uh, the moment where I realized that I wanted to build a company, but that I was doing a lot more talking than building, mm-hmm. I had a decision, right? I could have turned around and been like, it's the system. It's the fact that I didn't have money. If I was rich, I would have been able to do it. I, I could have done that. But I think if you put yourself in the, in the victim mindset, you make it so that what's happening to you is out of your control. You've basically surrendered your agency and your free will and your ability to take a situation and, and, and shape it to your will. You've surrendered that to whatever it is, to the mm-hmm. political system, the people who are oppressing you, your childhood trauma. You're, you're surrendering that to everyone that's around you, and now you're a victim. And maybe that makes you feel better momentarily because it's like, oh, it's not my fault. It's the, it's the economic system. It's the oppressors. It's my childhood trauma. But in the long term, who wants to be a victim? Exactly. You know? But at the same time, that requires you to look at yourself and be like, all right, look, maybe, maybe the table is stacked against me. Like, look, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that income inequality is, is not a real thing. It's a real thing, bro. Like, when I was growing up, you know, there was kids who had all the new Jordans and I was wearing the same pair for three years in a row. I mean, I would wear my shoes till there was holes in them. Boom. Yes. You understand? So I, like I've lived that income inequality is a real thing, but what, what, what am I going to do now? Like that's a reality that I faced. Mm. I'm starting off a little behind. Now I have to work a little extra hard to get ahead. And I just had a son, right? Like Congrats, for me by now, the way. I appreciate that. Like for me, when he gets up to a certain age, there's going to be certain things that I may not be able to give him. What am I going to tell him? Like, yeah, man, like the system is screwed. And now that's a life that's going to live like that. Or you tell him like, look, you got to compensate for it. You got to do a little bit better. And as the generations move on, you build on that. Like my father was an engineer in Egypt and he came here and he worked blue collar jobs I'm an engineer here in the United States. I'm working the white collar jobs. Hopefully, you know, I don't have everything, but I'm going to give my son mm-hmm. the things that I didn't have. But the way that you get there is you have to compensate for those things that you didn't have by sweating, by hurting a little bit. And I think that for some reason, that's kind of become a narrative that's, I don't know, people don't like to say this, you know, it's like, if you say that you're an oppressive person or, or you're insensitive or you have to check your privilege. And it's like, you people are crazy. I don't know what privilege you're talking about. But those are just... There's no point in even talking about it. Dude. Those are just... <sighs> there's no point in even getting into it. There really is no point in getting mm. into it. There's no point... Because it's one of those things that you can... You could jump down that rabbit hole. But at the end of the day, I'm trying to just focus on building my business, staying healthy, building my family. You know, you know what it is, man? You get, I tell people all the time, we got a, the best lesson... I, the best lesson I ever learned in my life was mind my damn business. A, a lot of, yeah, like quite literally. Yeah. Quite literally. Like uh, there's a lot of people that, uh, 
become crazy and obsessed with themselves because it's all about themselves. And the sooner you realize it's not about you, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, people do take things personally. You, the way you walk out out of your house and the way you handle yourself, right? Mm-hmm. You always, you, you, you have to always act with your right foot forward, be the yes, best sir. image you can be. Because people are watching when, once you're inside your house, that's on you. When you walk out of your house, you you need to know how to fuck, how to act, basically, right? I and agree. and it's not about you. Because if I walked down the street a certain way, that's not uh, anybody's liking. Mm-hmm. They're gonna remember that. They're gonna remember that, and people are gonna be influenced by that. So, therefore, I'm not lifting nobody up. I'm just putting people down. That's but true. if if I walk down the street properly knowing how to act somebody's gonna be watching i'm gonna influence somebody mm-hmm. right? and not to say i'm a public figure or somebody famous but that's uh no man you make you make a good point because you know what we all we're all part of like a small community on some level right and if you take responsibility for yourself and you do the right thing it's gonna resonate with someone mm-hmm. in your community accountability and who knows right like if you do the right thing Someone sees you doing the right thing. It inspires them to do the right thing. They go off and doing the right thing. It's a chain reaction versus if you're angry, you act Mm -hmm. in an angry way, you piss someone off. They bring that to someone else. You've made the whole system a little bit less worse. Yeah, but it's also like, I I know you have, you probably heard this numerous times throughout your your working career. Like, uh, if he ain't doing it, I'm doing it. Or why he getting paid and I'm not getting paid. Yeah, man. Look, I used to say that. I used to think like that, but... There, there was a moment where I realized this was a, it's a quote by Jordan Peterson. He said, opportunity exists where responsibility has been left on the table. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, par- I'm paraphrasing that, but that's so true. But a lot of people, they feel like they're getting the short end of the stick if they pick up that responsibility. That was because it's not my job. That's his job. Why am I doing it? But if you take someone else's job that they're not doing pretty soon, they're going to be obsolete and you're going to be twice as valuable. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's a mentality that's kind of harsh because it requires you to, to carry more and take on more responsibility. But in a, in a system where it seems like things are moving faster, like you said, and things are getting harder, I think that's the only way to really move forward. But that's like, is you got to shift your mindset, right? Because for every negative, there's a positive. So if so I'm doing more work than I'm supposed to, right? If I look I'm at it in a more. Yeah, and I'm looking at it like I'm learning more than this guy. That means I can put this on a resume and I can go where the fuck I want. 100%. You know, I'll work, I'll work everybody. I'll work everybody. 100%. 100%. And oh, God bless you for thinking like that, man. Because, you know, with that kind of mentality, I really believe that there's no way that you can't succeed. Because yeah. you're, 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 you're literally forcing the system to recognize you as such. But that's the you know, thing. That's the thing. You're not, you're not, you're not waiting to be recognized. Exactly. That's the thing. Like I'm obsessed. I like, I've been, I've been neglected. I've been, uh, uh, underrated, unappreciated. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I've been denied, denied, denied that I've gotten some point that you must feel and understand that I've got some point in my life that I want to be undeniable. And I don't want to say I did it. I want to say you did it because I, you, 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 I'm undeniable. And that's the obsession that's going to drive you to your greatness. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, like jujitsu, like I've had people tell me I'm good. I'm not good. <laughs> I am not good. 
I'm not good. You, you, you know why I progress? Because I'm obsessed. I, I want to become undeniable. Give me the big yeah, guy. Right. Let me yeah, go get look, my ass kicked. And, and, and that's what we were talking about before the show, right? Like, I don't want people to tell me that I'm good. I want to just be good. I, 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 don't want, I don't want the accolades. I think one time someone asked Jerry Seinfeld, they were like, what do you think about the fact that you won like all these awards? And he was like, that's just what someone said. Like the bottom line, people could say what they want to say, but you know, I believe that the truth exists, whether or not you recognize it or not. Yes. People, people like that age old question. If a tree falls in the forest and no one is there to hear it, does it make a sound? My answer would be, yeah, it makes a sound regard. Like it doesn't, you don't need people to recognize you to be what you really are. Exactly. You know? So just, just be about it. Don't talk about it. Exactly. 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 My point. Exactly. You know, how many times I, I, I've sat down with people to create scripts or shows or uh, many other things, business ideas, and nobody has ever, you know, nobody's ever followed through. That's so I got, That's I got, difference. yeah, and I got tired and I created this that I relied solely on myself. I put myself to that standard. And yes, yeah, sometimes is not as as one expected but i can say i did that for sure bro for sure and look like i told you before when you're when you're working on building something i mean look nazar has like 155 followers on instagram and we're doing we're we're actually doing a giveaway right now we're giving away two uh free pairs of ray-ban club master glasses if we can get to 2,000 followers but my man even with that kind of giveaway i'm still struggling to get more followers and you're st- and you're still going to struggle struggle you know why because everything is so saturated everything is so much yeah man people people are constantly getting bombarded with things and look bottom line is nothing that's ever worth it is easy but if i were to get discouraged right now and shudder the whole endeavor then that's it it ended you know it's like it's like it's like that joke that's in the crypto community right like if you're if your mm-hmm. bitcoin is dropping and you pull out that's it you, you, you close the trade and that's mm-hmm. like the, the price that you have. Whereas if you stick with it, there's the possibility that things yeah, do take you, off. And I'm not, this, I'm not a financial advisor, but that is definitely yeah. my approach when it comes to life. You got to just you know? keep doing it. Keep doing it. You know, you get like, compounding returns. Like when it comes to like this, I don't look at the views. I don't like, I don't look at followers. You, you do. I don't want, and not even, I don't care. Because I, 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 I enjoy doing this, right? I don't want mm-hmm. people to follow me. You're going to follow, just follow me. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. It hurts me when I look at my follower account. I don't, Muslim. I don't care. No, or it, I don't or, care. Or it hurts don't me. Don't care. Or, don't care. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what I do care about. Because I got to care about something. Like for me, because I spend money on ads. I spent money on the prototypes. For me, this is a business, you know, and I want to see it. Uh, take off, and I do want to make a profit off. Of but this. you shouldn't care because your first the the uh, first five years of your business you're going to lose. You're 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 in, right now you're investing. Well, you right now, you, we're, you're, right now you're, we're in year five. <laughs> right well, now we're in year five. But it's going to happen. You, give it time. I will tell you what I do care about. Uh, what I do care about above all is that I work on it every single day. Boom. So so me being on this podcast with you is me working on it. Boom. Uh, me, me sitting down and creating content is me working on it. Me making phone calls and making deals with people is me working on it. And if I do that every day, it's drops in the bucket. And so day by day, you know, it feels like nothing is happening. What is it? The, the, the days are long, but the years are short. Yes. You know, 
So I, I truly believe that if you're consistent in the beginning, it's like that chart, you know, exponential returns. At yeah. a certain point, it's nothing, 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 nothing. And then poof, it starts taking off and, and you get those compounding returns. So that's yeah, what just, I'm here for. And I'm trying and, to play that slower, yeah. consistent game. Just keep doing it. Just keep doing yes, it. Sir. Just keep yes, doing sir. it. Like, I, I would like for you to sit down one day and, and talk to Brian Prosal. Right. I want you to talk to him and, and let him tell you about your his experience building ProSell Academy. Like there were certain times that he had nobody come to when he first saw nobody, nobody, nobody doesn't show up. He kept doing it. Dude, they were they would make fun of him. Right. Uh, I remember his wife telling this story and he even said it in the podcast, like he would push mats blocks by blocks right and uh i think and i apologize if I'm, I'm watching the story but like somebody came to his wife and was like that's that's your husband the mat guy he pushes this every day back and forth back and forth back and forth and that's humiliating that's humiliating for like for him no but for the people judging him and criticizing him yeah but guess what guess what now he has an academy boom they have what do they have a nine to five, like playing so, unappreciate him. You gotta, it's 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 hard. I'm not gonna lie. Sometimes I'm tapped into the haters and to the critics. I put up a post on Reddit uh, showcasing our website, and someone was like, "You should kill the person who designed this website." Yeah, those are trolls. <laughs> and those I are trolls. Like, and in my mind, I'm like, "Damn, I designed the website." But I was yeah. like, "Thank you, thank yeah, you." Those are trolls. <laughs> they definitely are trolls, but like it hurts. But you, you, you can't stay too tapped into it and you got to stay focused on your end goal. And so God bless him. You know, like he's built an academy now that has a strong following and the people who are on the side talking is nice, but it nets nothing, you know, it doesn't Listen, put nothing if, in your pocket. If people talking crap about you, that means you're doing something, something right. I, I believe that 100%. I believe that 100%. Yes, just keep doing it because, listen, you're, you're not a $100 bill. Not everybody's what do you gonna mean like by that. Like, so <laughs> like, growing, gonna like to see you. Yeah, like you're not a hundred dollar bill because if you were, everybody's gonna all up on you. Everybody's <laughs> gonna be go, going behind you. Everybody trying that's to grab funny. you. I never, that's funny. I never heard that. I'm gonna use that. Yeah, you're not a hundred dollar bill because you were. Everybody will love you. That's a fact. I mean, look, even even the successful people today in our society, not everybody loves them. Sometimes it almost feels like people hate to see success, but that's a different story. They hate you to see success because you're not them. They're not you. You know what? I I pray to get to that point. I pray to get to the point where I could be successful. But for now, I'm going to keep the head down and keep on doing what I'm doing. Boom. That's beautiful. Bro, tell the people where they can find you before we go. All righty. So you guys can follow me at my Twitter. Uh, Well, actually, before before I put mine out there, go ahead and follow the business Twitter account at Nazar Designs NYC. Uh, it's the same handle on Instagram, N-A-Z-A-R, Designs, N-Y-C. Same thing on TikTok, same thing on Facebook. And uh, my Twitter handle is K-H-A-L-E-D underscore M-H-M-D 52. Khalid underscore Muhammad uh, 52. Boom, there you go. Make sure to follow him, support him. Go check out his new product, which is dope. Uh, the website. Appreciate you. Uh, the website is nazar.nyc, N-A-Z-A-R.nyc. Boom. Go check them out. Go show some support. It's an American business. 
this is what we need. If this, if you invest in him, he's gonna invest back in the country. country. And this is what we need. We need more of this. And show some love. Go follow. We need, we need more of what you're doing, Dio. Appreciate the exposure, my friend. I do my best. Thank you for coming. It's been an honor. We definitely have to. We we definitely have to do this again. I I enjoy these intellectual conversations. Whenever you want, you let me know. Definitely. Um, Yeah, guys, have a good night. I'm out. Thank <laughs> you.